Welcome to the game. It's a beautiful thing. With Mark Duffield. My golly gosh. The son of a darkened shearer and a self-described ball-playing jack of all trades. We shouldn't be surprised, should we? Who lit up footy fields in the southwest before becoming WA's preeminent AFL scrub. My goodness. And Glenn Quarterman. Wow, we. A proud Victorian parked permanently in the West who would have played 300 AFL games if not for his incredibly small hands. Goodness gracious me! Together they are Duff Duff and Quarters. You know who! And this is your favourite footy podcast. It's unbelievable! Yes, hello everybody. It is time for the second edition this week of the Duff and Quarters podcast. We are brought to you by TabTouch. Those with the touch can better their bet. Download TabTouch today. Please gamble responsibly. Please call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. If you encounter any difficulties with me in the studio, the man with very small hands, the blind squirrel, He's put out a patent on the Blind Squirrel title, by the way. He's not having Jordan McArdle have it or take it off him. Quarters, how are you? Good. I reckon if I was in reincarnated and I had the choice, I wouldn't mind being a squirrel. Although the squirrels of Hyde Park, London, are in a lot of trouble at the moment. Why? Just a disease ravaging them. But you know what? They look like they have a lot of fun. Do they? Yeah. (laughs) Just gathering their nuts and, you know... Going nuts. Yeah, just scampering about, climbing trees. I wouldn't mind being reincarnated as a squirrel. Fair enough. I'll leave that to you. I'll take the blind squirrel any day of the week. Okay, right. All right, so let's talk about round 19 of the AFL fixtures. You want me to get serious now? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's news? What's news? Well, Rory Lobb from our... um, our eyes tell us he wasn't on the plane yep. and our feet on the ground, as in Jordan McArdle in Melbourne at Port Melbourne's home ground, home of the borough, where they train today. No Rory Lobb. So unless they're hiding him somewhere and it's an elaborate ruse, which I don't think the Frio are really into, he's not playing. So the mail is you can get on the plane, isn't it? That's so, right. So that shoulder from last week, he got through the game last week, but obviously uh, pulled up sore. Uh, wasn't on their injury list, which was interesting. Wasn't even a test. So that probably tells you they were trying to sneak that one through as far as possible and, and maybe try and influence the way Richmond would select for the game. Um, look, as far as Fremantle goes, what does it mean? Well, it probably means, assuming that Alex Pierce has gotten up, it means that um, Brandon Cox and Alex Pierce will play as the key defenders and it means that Griffin, Griffin Logue Logue. will join Matt Taverner in attack. I would say that's what it means. And the other news around that game is Damien Hardwick's plea for the umpires. To what? To look after Tobes. Toby Nankervis has been getting a bit of a rough trot of it, Duff. Has he? Yeah. Poor boy. I know. Hang on. Did you see that? Small, world's smallest violin? Yeah, yeah smallest violin. <laughs> just, just for you. Nank the tank. Just for you, Wicker and Tobes. Just Na- for you. Nank the tank, which they called him, uh, proudly. He's Nank the Tank for a reason. He's a very robust, bustling sort of ruckman. And those guys um, are involved in a few free kicks and they probably concede more than they get. That's been one of his strengths, his aggression and uh, his bustling style. Um, it's amazing how coaches start to notice these things when it doesn't suit them anymore. What, what do you make of Richmond? My call is they're done. I mean, they can, they can make the eight. 
possibly jag a win, but they're not going any further. I think there's not enough bullets in the chamber left for them. You mean to contend for a flag? Can't contend. They're not contending this year, therefore they're not contending next. I think it's it's the start of a rebuild, and it'd be interesting to see what happens with the coach because he's been there a while, been a very successful coach, but maybe they might decide it's time to part ways, mutually. I, oh, yeah, I'd be going at least one more year with Damien Hardwick and see what happens. I Look... It's always dangerous to ride off a club with any shots in the gun. Uh, does Richmond have enough shots in the gun no. uh, to contend? I, I suspect not. Um, you know, defeat to North Melbourne is not a great, doesn't look great on your resume, but it's at, that was at Marvel Stadium. I don't think they play well at Marvel. The game tomorrow night is at Marvel. Well, so it's too good... far from their home ground, Duff. <laughs> yeah. Burke and Wills would have trouble going that far. I wonder if Dimmer would like that back. Oh, hello. Of course he'd like it <laughs> because back. Because it sends a pretty strange message, not just to your fans, but also to your players, doesn't it? You know, like, for goodness sake, it's over in Spencer Street. You can you can literally walk from the MCG. Well, the number 12 tram conductors to, to were pretty unhappy about it too. Well, yeah, well, but you can walk up Flinder Street. Of course you can. In about 30 minutes. Well, three pubs on the way. Yeah, we provided Stop for a couple of quads. Provided you get past the pubs unscathed, <laughs> yeah. it's about a, what thirty minute walk would it be? Uh yeah, about that. If that, yeah. if you walk briskly, Duff. Yeah, it's a brisk walk. Yeah. So I lived in Richmond for a year, which was a fantastic address. And yeah. people said to me, "How close to the MCG are you?" And I used to say, "Stubby and a half, or a stubby on a brisk walk." So the places I lived in Melbourne were I lived in. Uh, uh, Riversdale Road, Hawthorne. Very nice. I lived in Denham Street, Hawthorne, right next to the park, mm. near the White Horse Inn. Oh, yes. Uh, and also Church Street, Hawthorne, just up the road from the Beehive Hotel. Oh, the Beehive's a great pub. And Sturt Street in South Melbourne. Uh, and when I was in Sturt Street, South Melbourne, I used to walk to and from work all the time. At that stage, we were based at the old Herald Sun. Yeah, the Grey Ghost. Um, in Flinders Street. On the corner of Flinders and Exhibition Fantastic, Street. Fantastic, yeah. And with the Phoenix just over the road. Yeah. It's a good location. Yeah, it's great. And it was that was a great walk. I used to, you know, South Bank was just getting started then, but you used to walk past. There was a few things happening in South Bank. You used to stroll past them on the Showing way. Showing our age, Duff. I remember when there was no South Bank. It was the Allen's Sweet Factory, and it was just a big neon sign, and there was just dilapidated factories beyond. Yeah. There's nothing there. Yeah. So, no, I, I look, I tend to think that Richmond is not going to be a contender. And just You always think, oh, you know, if Dustin got back and had a run at it and et cetera, et cetera, all those things, you know. I just reckon that there's 20 clay targets and I reckon they got about 10 bullets. I just don't reckon there's enough in there. Yeah, you probably And not. you look at Grimes get taken apart last week. But absolute champion player. But yeah. everyone's got an age limit. Yep. And I think a few of them are now finding that age limit, and that's no disgrace on them. That's just time and age. Yeah. It's an elite young man's game, generally, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so, you know, some defy age. I mean, David Mundy's held the sun back up in the sky well, for few, two a few or three do. years. But, but they tend to be special players, don't they? But it, Well, I think you can be a special player and burn out early. I think some just have better longevity yeah. than others. But even, you know, you go back and you look at Sean Burgoyne's last year at Hawthorne, it, you know, he had to be nursed through, didn't he? I suspect if David Mundy goes again, he'll have to be nursed. That's why I'm kind of hoping he doesn't. 
Um, incidentally, Paddy Ryder wants to go again. Yes, re- that news this morning. So 34 years of age. We all thought when we knew the uh, heard the news of his calf injury, four to six weeks, and they're sort of oh, teetering, aren't they, on the edge of the eight there. Uh, will he play again? I, I would have thought no, but he's saying I want to play again. So you'd think with that combination with Marshall and Ryder, and he's had a pretty good year when he's played Ryder. So you'd think, why not? Yeah, it's we're going to get more of this, aren't we? When you're getting paid $500,000 a year, you're not putting that down to go and earn $100,000 a year in the real world. You're going to keep going until they tap you on the shoulder and say, mate, it's time for you to go. So voluntary retirements are going to be a very rare thing. Either they're, See, Josh Kennedy's body is effectively telling him you can't play anymore because the knee is pretty bad. He can barely train. Um, he's a real warrior. He gets up. He contributes. He competes. But basically, it's, it's getting to that point where his body's saying, mate, you, you can't do this. Well, anymore. I suspect he probably wouldn't have played, but Jack Darling's stance in the preseason and them needing, of him, needing him to play... I suspect that was the case. So no, I think he decided before then. I, I think he um, there was a feeling at um, West Coast that they may just have one shot in the gun. Um, you know, and that's with everything going right, with all up and running, no injuries, um, all their older players playing to the absolute peak of their potential. Um, you know, age factored in but yeah, as well as they can possibly play they thought they might have had one more shot in the gun and of course the shot was blown out of the gun by injuries in the pre-season then into the season then COVID etc 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 so um, it all went pear-shaped very quickly for them but um, I think they talked Josh into play not because of Jack but because they thought in order to really have a go we're going to need Josh playing. Well, let's look forward to celebrating the career in a few weeks' time. We suspect it'll be Adelaide. Yeah. He's not officially announced that yet. I think he wants to do that. I think he gets sounds a bit annoyed with all the speculation, but, Josh, that's what happens when you're a champion. People talk about you. Well, you were trying to write him off four years ago. I did so. write him off four years ago. <laughs> and I was wrong, Duff. It's good to admit you're wrong every now and then. Yeah, and I'm no. Happy to do so. Yeah, no, you were. But thanks for reminding me. Yeah, no pleasure. <laughs> My point at the time was, though, he, I just don't like seeing champions limp around on the footy field, and he was looking very much like that. And um, I think he'd had a pretty rough or no preseason that year. So in hindsight, I was wrong. Tell me this: Will Brody Grundy be at Collingwood next year? Yes, I think he's too expensive. He's a million a year, five years. No one can afford that. Yeah, I think he's at Collingwood next year, and I and I, I would think I think McRae would see him as a good citizen. He's a damn good ruckman. We haven't seen him for a while. Everyone gets excited about who's in the, the incumbents, but this is one of the elite ruckmen of the comp. Who's to say he can't get back there again pretty quickly? So. I, I think he'll be there. I don't think there's anywhere for him to go. I don't think his mate will be, though. Who's to goey. To goey. Why is that? Um, too troublesome off the field. Um, too inconsistent on it. I think McRae would look at that squad and say, Grundy, we can use this other bloke. Too much trouble. Let's discard him. We can win the flag without this guy. I know he's upside. He could win you a Norm Smith and a flag. But what all the other baggage that goes with it, mate. Who are the takers for Jordan Degoe then? Oh, Western Bulldog. I mean, just about anyone could take him. 
but I think you would you would you would think someone who would go so a St Kilda. I was going to say, he's, he's, dog, got, he's got St Kilda written. Someone who everything. rates themselves in the in a window or approaching a premiership window. You'd have to say the dogs, although they've been very disappointing this year, you'd have to say you'd still rate them in the premiership window next year. I'd say St Kilda would th- – I don't think they are, but they would, they would think they are. So there's two clubs I reckon he could go to. So, okay, but the Bulldogs pushed Jake Stringer out because of similar issues to Dugowie. And it could be argued that Stringer's issues weren't as serious as Dugowie's. Yeah, it could, could be argued that. You know, the other one is if Dustin Martin goes to Sydney, and I think he will go to Sydney, he goes in. There's worse ideas than that. If they still think they're in the window. Yeah, well, they, they might, but I'm not sure that they are. And I'm not sure that their numbers... People have been talking about Rich, Richmond's numbers all year. I, Do you I, reckon they're that bad? Oh, they're okay. No, they're good numbers, but... No, I'm saying I don't think they're great numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just think... Um, I'm not 100% convinced they're gone, but I'm, I'm definitely a sceptic. But if Dusty goes, you want that role, don't you? So he could fill that role. Yeah. So it's not a stupid idea. Yeah. But I would say I'd probably, you'd probably put St Kilda first, maybe, do- maybe Dogs, maybe Richmond. So where does he fit at the Dogs, given that they've got Bont and Pelly? And given that their main requirements well, it takes are, a bit of pressure off Bont for starters. They need one times tall forward, one times tall defender. Mm. So how do they get those two things plus Jordan Degoe? Well, the, the other one is what happens to Rory Lobb. It's a bit of a merry-go-round, isn't it? Where does he go? Yeah. But if I was them, I, I mean, I think for me the Western Bulldogs need a defender. They need an intercept defender. They need that's what they need to stiffen up their backline. I think they need that more than they need anything else. See, the Rory Lobb thing's about the contract. You know, despite attempts to create a narrative where he's supposedly got issues with the club, it's it's about the contract. Now that means he's on seven hundred thousand dollars a year. That means the contract on offer. Now, if you give him more years, you're probably going to get away with something shy of seven hundred, but not that far shy. He's only twenty nine, so therefore you're looking at six hundred a year for Rory Lobb. So, a tall defender, you want a good one. So you're looking at another six hundred there. And you're looking at seven or eight hundred for Jordan Degoe. Plus you've got Bonson Pally. Plus you've got. McRae, well, I'm not saying they're getting all of them. Plus you've got Aaron Norton. I'm saying make the defender your priority. But yeah. there may not be one available to their liking. For for me, Griffin Lowe could be perfect for the Bulldogs. I reckon the Saints could do it if they tap Paddy Ryder on the shoulder and say, "You might think you're going around, well, but they you're might. Not. They um, might do that. We'll go and get Jordan Degoe. And look, there's a bit of St Kilda about Geordie, isn't there? Let's face it. <laughs> There's a bit of the St Kilda Social Club it's about Jordan. all up there, Jordan. <laughs> you bet you've got to put in for thirty minutes. It's all up there. I, I had a list manager text me um, about, oh, I reckon two and a half, three months ago, when the Dugowie stuff, other Dugowie stuff, was just bubbling. Yeah, which along. which which Dugowie stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't even remember which which incident yeah. it was. But he said, um, "Oh, Geordie would make a great saint." <laughs> <laughs> He would, he would rip off their halos and use them for frisbee practice. That's Correct. what he would do as soon as he got there. Yeah. You know, the other thing I loved about this week was Mark McVeigh at GWS, the caretaker coach. Yeah, go on. If you mentioned this to me off air. So, Mark I'll, McVeigh. I think we're going to have an argument about this. Okay, good. Because here's a group of players who have not realised that, okay, they've made a grand final, they've made preliminary finals. I'm saying they haven't realised their potential as a consistent performing team. 
but certainly not this year. This year they've been majorly disappointing, which has led to the coach, the ousting of their coach. He's saying the final five rounds, I'm going to train. I'm going to train their pants off. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they're. So if you want to see players running around with no pants on, go to GWS training. Well, not many people go to GWS training to watch. It's a long way out in the western suburbs. And not many people go to GWS training to watch. So you probably be a brave person to run around the western suburbs of Sydney without any pants on. I have to say. Well, oh yeah, you probably would, wouldn't you? Um, Nevertheless, stuff. uh, I like it. I train. You know, if they think. Okay, so finals are out of reach. We're just going to peter out of the season, and we'll put in we will put in a few yards here and there, but we're not going to put in the extra yards when it counts. I want to see I want to see him train their asses off the last five rounds, and maybe you'll find out something about a few of the players and what they're worth and what their capabilities are. Yeah, I think it's very dangerous when I oh, look. This is great stuff for the supporters. They all go, oh yeah, it's about time, you know, um, but. They have very sophisticated strength and conditioning regimes at these clubs. They do it for a reason. One is to get them as fit as they possibly can, but the second one is injury prevention. And I think, yeah, I'd, it might might have been said with the best of intentions. Well, clearly it's been said with the best of intentions. He believes they've got more to give, and he wants to you know, test them to see who's prepared to give it. You don't want to be breaking blokes down. It only takes one significant hamstring injury, and a bloke has a vulnerability in that area. For Five rounds to go. You've got the whole summer to get over it. Yeah, well, tell Luke Shuey that. Mm. Luke Shuey fought hamstring injuries for two and a half years. Now, it looks like he, he's having a good period at the moment. Um, you know, what if someone develops osteitis pubis like Elliot Yo, and they spend two years getting over that? Well, what if, what if, though? I think just need to get them out of relaxation mode and back into where they should be. I, I think, think I, I agree they've been a disappointing team, but isn't that about... Uh, getting everyone on the same page, playing the same way and committing to a style. I don't know that they've ever fully done that. And that may not be the same. Well, they got to a grand final and a prelim. A couple lot, of prelim. lot of talent. Yeah. But lot of you're talent. not going to get that far in this competition and unless don't forget, you're on the same page. They came from an elimination final to get to that grand final. Mm, still got there. Yeah. But that probably speaks to the talent, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think talent gets you so far, but... Deep, deep, deep into finals, and you have there's got to be something else. Uh, the question with GWS is: Are they any better than they were in 2016? And if they aren't, why not? Because they were a team a long way from peaking in 2016, so they should have gotten a lot better. They lost a preliminary final just to the eventual premier, and they haven't gotten any better. Well, there's a lot. Is there three players on or close to a million bucks? Yeah. So, bit of comfort, perhaps. Yeah. So maybe five weeks of hard training might be good for them. Yeah. Just, I, I touch wood, fingers crossed. Hopefully, it doesn't cost them an injury. Let's think. pick some winners, mate, uh, right. for round nineteen, and then we can have a look at some mail and hand out some uh, a prize. Yes, the old Jack Daniels number, old number seven. Sorry, I got that wrong. Jack Daniels, old number seven. It's a ten pack, isn't it? It's a 10-pack of uh, Old Number 7 and Coca-Cola cans. That'd or Cola a, cans, That would be a pretty decent evening, a 10-pack of Jack's Old Number yeah, 7. Yeah, too much for me. All right, so the betting in the Richmond-Fremantle game at Marvel Stadium tomorrow night is pretty marginal. Fremantle $1.87 favourites, Richmond $1.93. I'm going to go for the Dockers. So am I. And you know what? This is going to sound strange. This is a venue pick. I do not think Richmond play well. At Marvel Stadium. So even though this is a game in Victoria, um, if it's wet, the roof will be closed. So therefore, Fremantle doesn't have to worry about that. Um, nice deck, firm deck. Their speed will come into play. 
Roy Lobb's a concern, the absence of Roy Lobb, but I do think they can, um, if Logue goes forward and competes and Tabiner stands up um, and Fife um, gives them more than he gave them last week as a forward, more than through the midfield, I think Fremantle can get it done. Well, mine's a venue pick and also a first-half form pick. I thought they were okay to half-time against Sydney. In fact, I thought they were pretty good. So uh, two bad quarters, I think, you know, I'm prepared to write that off. I think they can beat Richmond. Richmond's not what they were. Uh, what did you make of Hazelby's column today in the West Australian? I thought it was a good column. Uh, re, uh, how they were unpicked last week. So Sydney at half time changed up the way they were playing, slowed the ball down, and therefore made it more difficult for their uh, defenders to turn turn over, which is where they get a lot of their forward momentum. Yeah. So and obviously Richmond won't play that way. They won't. But it was interesting that. Um, uh, there was there was a suggestion that other coaches may follow suit. Yeah, I, I think Richmond don't play that way. Clearly, they're not going to slow the ball movement down. That's just not not. Well, they'd have to do something they haven't done. That's not uh, their DNA, and it's very dangerous, particularly where their season is at, to try and do something they haven't done before. Um, just to be Jeez, maybe they need to. Successive losses to Gold Coast and North Melbourne, maybe it wouldn't hurt to shake things up a little bit. Yeah, they wouldn't well, know what to do. Richmond are old. They're, they're, well, they're getting old, aren't they? And, and that's a problem for them, which means they, they battle late in games and uh, younger teams can run over the top of them. The venue at Marvel is a little bit smaller, which means the go-ahead game. It's interesting that Collingwood plays the same game and until West Coast um, had their second victory, Collingwood at Marvel was the only team West Coast had, West Coast had beaten. Mm. So it's not a style of football that translates well to that shorter, narrower ground. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I tend to think Richmond's going to have to try and do something different to, against Fremantle. And um, if Fremantle can do the same thing they've been doing well. The other thing about um, the Sydney game, as far as Fremantle con- were concerned, I just get the feeling that the one downside of having Nathan Fife back in the team is it means that Fife and Mundy will both struggle to defend at times. Mm. So they've got to work out how they manage that. Um, you know, closing down space. I think Justin Longmuir was annoyed about two things last week. One was that they didn't close down space quick enough, which enabled Sydney to play the kicking game without great risk. And the other thing was, even when they did get the ball back, which they did frequently inside Sydney's attacking 50, they didn't show any dare or imagination with the ball. And they were very stagnant. And, and that enabled Sydney to lock them in and, and get turnovers back the other way. So I think Longmuir will ask them to play with more dare this week and, and to take the game on a bit. And, uh, well, you have to do that against Richmond, don't you? You do, I think. And you th- I think you've got to get it deep inside your attacking 50 to take their push-up game away from them. Get their defence backed up and turned yep. around a little bit and under pressure. And we saw what happened to that last week. So yeah. And they're getting older. and uh, So, yeah, look, I, look, I think I've picked actually... I've asked to be part, asked to pick a margin in a few tipping cops. I've actually picked Freo by three. And I think that's about where I feel it is. Three goals? No, three points. Three I think points. it'll be about it'll be a really close game. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, no, I reckon three Tell goals. Tell you what, Richmond Freo games have been decided with kicks after the siren too. They have, David Mundy, of course. And David Mundy twice. Yes, twice. Uh, once with a minute to go and once after, after the, the siren. siren. Yeah. yeah. So that's we're still Could happen again. We're still wondering what Bashahuli was doing taking them one up the middle in that game. <laughs> In uh, when was that? Was that 15? Oh, yeah, roundabout. Yeah. 2015. <laughs> testing me now. We're, we're a kick in front. There's a minute to go. I'm going long up the middle. Yeah, no, no. Hit the boundary line, son. <laughs> As the great Butch Gale said in 1966, hit the boundary line, son. <laughs> 
And uh, was I? Who intercepted? Was it? Um, was it Tommy Sheridan? Oh, you'll have to tell me. I reckon Tommy Sheridan. Someone, someone cut the kick off, caused the spill. Um, ball went back inside fifty. Mundy took the mark, and as David Mundy can, yep. just was unerring from fifty metres out. All right. Uh, so we're both on the Dockers. North Melbourne versus Hawthorne. Hawthorne a dollar thirty-three. North Melbourne three dollars thirty. Now quarters. You are a little bit sceptical about whether your boys are trying. So are they trying? Well, they've won the last two, so you've got to say they are. Okay. I'll say it again. I'll do the Fonzie again. I was woo, 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 wrong. <laughs> but, you know, um, look, successive wins, great. And I'm going to pick Hawthorne here, but I'm not – if North put out what, they, what they've put out the last two weeks, to be frank, this will be game on. Uh, if Zerha kicks six, it's game on. But – uh, the, what's the change for Hawthorne? So uh, CJ out, so there's a bit of run from half back on. And Gunston in. Gunston in, which is a very good in. Uh, that forward line ticking over really nicely. Mitch Lewis, incidentally, who was held goalless last week, kicked five the week before. So, um, look, I'm picking Hawthorne, but not with the, you know, I'm not doing backflips with confidence. All right. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Hawks. I think that there will, Hobart, there will have been... An enormous emotional investment in that game for North yeah. Melbourne last week, and the fact that they got res- the result. Good win though. Oh, it's a good win in that they were they were in front. Then Richmond challenged them, and you thought, "Oh, here we go, great effort." But they've and they managed to find a way. So I'm not sure. I mean, there was an enormous emotional investment, but yeah, I, I think they're quite capable. Yeah. All right, we're both on the Hawks. Sydney versus Adelaide. Sydney are a dollar eleven. Adelaide six dollars seventy five. Six seventy five. SCG. Sydney coming back from Perth. It's a big trip. Yeah. Um, and coming off a big win, haven't been gr- that great at the SCG. Been a little bit vulnerable. Yeah. Well, they will be on Saturday. They will be great. Yes. And they'll be winning by plenty, comfortably. Yes. Adelaide a bit disappointing. Yeah, I, we know they're rebuilding. Bottom third of the ladder for me, but I expected them to be maybe top of that bottom third of the ladder, around about where I expected Hawthorne to be. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a little bit disappointing, but they could be one of these teams that just caught in that no man. Sometimes it takes a while, you know. Sometimes we're very impatient as supporters. I, I don't mind what they're building. They, they've obviously got some areas. Who's their best kid? Best kid? Jeez, that's a good call. Oh, it's, it's, not, a, it's, not, well, it's not obvious, is it? No. Um, we thought Rochelle early. He's probably their best kid in terms of um, upside. You'd have to say that, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, Phil Thorpe's done some nice things over two seasons, but like, taller... Still find it hard to say that. Phil Thorpe. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard name. To Tall, taller players take a little bit longer. I like... Burst but, onto the scene, and we've barely seen him since. Remember? Against yep. Hawthorne. Yep. When he kicked six, kicked five, in a lo- five in a losing side. Down in Launceston. Yeah, it was carrying on like a pork chop, too, and Kaczynski kicked You didn't six. like it, uh, did K- you? Kaczynski kicked six that day, and Hawthorne won, so stop carrying on, mate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. It uh, got, got, got under your... Got under your... Well, it I'm got just, your goat. Well, just I reckon when you've been around five minutes, you just can just get keep the jubo in the back pocket. He'd been around a hundred minutes. Oh yeah, Game good hundred minutes. Um, look, yeah, I think probably I'd have Rochelle ahead of. Oh, it, there's not a lot. It's a hard one. It seemed to have more of the medium age bracket players. I like Jordan Butts in defence. Yep, I reckon he goes all right. What do you think about the Walker re-signing for a year? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I would have actually. I would have taken him if I was a club in the window too. Yeah, I think you got to be careful with that history. Um, if you had a strong indigenous contingent, yeah, I think you'd need to be careful, and that's which you know, most clubs do have. No disrespect to Tex, he's 
done the yards. He's tried to make amends and tried to um, better educate himself and get past that. But um, that would be a little bit edgy, I think, to bring into your club. I reckon so, but no, I'm I'm more than happy for Adelaide to have him go around again. Yep. All right. So Sydney comfortably. Port Adelaide versus Geelong. It's in Adelaide. Uh, Geelong are a dollar fifty-seven favourites, and I think flag favourites at the moment. Port Adelaide are two dollars forty. They've got to be flag favourites, don't they? They've got a, def- a very very good defence, Geelong. Uh, let's not, we park the the multi pronged attack aside for one moment, but they're really well set up in defence with Tom Stewart to come back in. So there's a lot of upside for them. Do you think – interesting comments from Chris Scott this week. They were, they were comments from a coach that thought they were, they were right in the premiership window, mm. saying that, oh, if we maintain this level, we won't win the flag. Oh, we've got to go up a notch. I like those comments. I thought it was good. It was a challenge to his players not to get too comfortable yet because there is a hell of a long way to That's go. That's a comment from a coach who's 7-15 in finals since 2012. Yeah, probably, well. yeah. But, um, I mean, you've got to admire where he's got them. You know he's got them into the finals, and he, and he's got them deep into finals. Oh, so. I, th- I think they've been amazing. Yeah, as a footy club, um, and I think the the finals record is the inevitable consequence of getting there. Probably when the system is telling you to stop getting there and go back to the bottom and get some more young talent, which um, they've get, which they've done. Yeah. They've added it around the fringes. Don't I mean, you look at DeConing, you look at Henry, terrific player, Henry. I mean, there's a lot. There is still some. They, they will. There will be an edge. They will go over it because there'll be players like Hawkins who will. And I, a lot I think of those Hawkins. Midfield. So Selwood is probably teetering at the moment. Yep. Hawkins, I still think, is their most important player. And you know, father son that helps as well. Been a bit blessed with father son oh, as the cats. Gee, they they wouldn't want to complain about any other club having a father Scarlet son. Ablett. Yep. Oh yeah. And Scarlett Ablett Hawkins, they're pretty good. But you, it's it's arguable that the three those, best players over their era. Well, it's arguable that those three in their respective drafts could have all been the number one mm. draft pick. I mean, Ablett would have had to fight Chris Judd for it. <sighs> Hawkins, I think, clearly the number one draft pick. Uh, what who's draft. Scarlett's year? Um, Scarlett, I've gone back and had a look at this, and I think Scarlett's as good as any of them. Mm. Yeah, certainly. So Ab- Ablett the only one, and geez, not a bad argument. It's not bad to Ablett finish. Jard. It's not bad to be finishing up near the top and still have number one draft picks running around, and one of them still is running around. And let's not forget that Gary Ablett's last year was twenty twenty. Mm. So yeah, they've they've been blessed. Um, I'm going to picture long. It's in Adelaide, so Port. It's the sort of game they win. Yeah, I reckon this is a potential banana peel game yeah. for Geelong. I'm not saying that Port do win, but I think Port will throw the kitchen sink at them, and I wouldn't be surprised well, if Port... Everyone will throw the kitchen sink at Geelong from now on, and I just think the fact that it is in Adelaide will be... Uh, they will avert the banana skin. I don't think... I think you'll see it as a banana skin. I think you'll see it. Come on, boys. Let's let's get this... Let's play this ground right. Let's get everything... I don't, I don't think it'll be a take your eye off the footy for one moment this week. You know what I want to... You know what I do want to see from... Port Adelaide for the rest of the year. I want to, I want them to play Charlie Dixon in the ruck. Okay. For the rest of the year. I want to see what he's got. I, I go back to that last quarter against Fremantle when they came hard at the Dockers. Charlie Dixon went under the... Has he got the tank? Well, let's find out. He went into the ruck. He rucked against Sean Darcy. He gave him merry hell. He gave them dominance out of the centre square. And with the runners that they've got, and they've still got Marshall, Georgiades... Robbie Gray, those guys who can play forward, even with Charlie in the ruck, 
I like him with Charlie in the ruck. You know, even if he, and clearly he hasn't got the four quarters in him in the ruck, but even if he hasn't, at least he'll find out what it will take in the tank. To, well, and also... So like, he's got a whole pre-season to work on that. And if that's the case, do the Nick Natanui. You know, he plays two two quarters in the ruck. You have a another ruckman, whether it's Scotty Lysette or mm. who else, you know, they think... Um, uh, the young guy from Eshamandel, uh, Bryn Teekle, who looked so good on debut and then got hurt. You know, run one of those guys around as his subordinate, but get some grunt out of Charlie in the ruck. I think Geelong will win this reasonably comfortably. I think Geelong will win it just. Okay. I think I think Port Adelaide will be in this up to their eyeballs. Brisbane versus Gold Coast. Brisbane are a dollar twenty-eight. Gold Coast three dollars sixty-five. So this is a really important game for Gold Coast. Could this get? Gnarly? No, yeah, Brisbane will win this. I'm going to pick Brisbane to win this. When you say gnarly, as in you mean... Well, look, just read where the clubs are at. And Gold Coast, I think, thought they were going all right and then had arguably their worst performance of the season last week against Essendon. I reckon it was their worst performance of the season. The Lions have dominated them in recent years. They've pushed them around. They're the cross-town rival. I reckon this will get a bit gnarly. So I reckon this is one of the most important games Gold Coast has played. Now, that might sound strange, given where they're at, but after last week's performance, I think it's really important for them to either win or run them really bloody close this week. I agree. Because they need to frank their performance this year with a, let's let's finish this season full of full of running and full of steam. Let's not just peter out. As GWS might want to do, let's just go full head at the end of the year. Maybe jag a spot in the eight. Probably not going to now, but maybe. And then at least you give yourself momentum going into next year. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And momentum, there would be no better game to get momentum from than this one. Yep. But I, I just sense this one's going to get a bit gnarly. Okay. There's, there's going to be a bit of demo derby about this. Okay. I reckon they'll get up in their face. And they'll stand their ground and they won't take a backward step. The only steps will be forward. And, yeah, watch this space. I still rate Brisbane. I'm still waiting to see what they can, what they're capable of post-season. Yep. Because I still think they can give this a shake. I'm just, I'm not seeing it at the moment, but I still think they're capable. Both tipping Brisbane? Yep. Western Bulldogs versus Melbourne. Melbourne $1.62. The Bulldogs $2.30. This is one of the two games I reckon uh, I found it really hard to pick a winner. I'm going with Melbourne because I still think they're the team to beat despite Geelong's position and form. I still think Melbourne, at their best, are the best team in it. But pretty impressive last week, the Dogs. And um, they've still got a bit to play for. Been disappointing. But I think it'll be close. But I think Melbourne will win it. I think Melbourne will win it. Mm. I mean, we've I've gotten a bit tired of hoping for better things from the Bulldogs. Yeah, well, they were good last week. And the grand final last year. But St Kilda were... Won t- one in 20... Made, made the grand final last year. It's 2022 quarters. It's not even 12 months ago, though. If I, if I was to crawl into your tree and look at your nut supply... Well, it's pretty good at the there'd moment. There'd be a lot of 2021. It's winter. It's winter. I'd say, I've hoarded them. Quarters, where are your fresh nuts? Well, I've hoarded them. It's winter. They're in my little hole and cavity in the tree, right. waiting for summer so I can enjoy the it's, fruits of my labour. It's 2022. I have gotten tired of waiting for better things okay. from This year I have. Well, I picked them to win the flag. Yeah. But they still made a grand final last so year. So I'm going to say Melbourne were better in Alice Springs last weekend against Port, uh, even though Port ran them fairly deep. 
I Isn't it weird watching a game of AFL when you see the uh, heavy tree gap, the uh, McDonald Rangers in the background? I think it's a beautiful uh, it's, a, it's. Have you been there? No. Alice Springs? It is one of the most beautiful cities. I love Alice Springs. One of mm. my favourite cities in Oz. But I just shake my head when I'm watching an AFL game. Oh, that's right. There's heavy tree gap in the background. It's it's amazing that we play footy there. It's almost mystical. Yeah, it I is. I reckon to think that what that part of Australia means to Indigenous people. Oh, yeah. Um, you know the the heart, if you like, of the country, and uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a magical, mystical place to play mm. footy. I'm really pleased they continue to play games there. Yeah. All right, Melbourne for me, and I think comfortably. Carlton versus GWS, the overtrained GWS. I'll probably be twanging five hammies halfway through the first quarter. Well, I reckon we found out. I reckon I got a reality a reality check last week because I picked Carlton to beat Geelong. I picked Geelong. And I reckon I got a bigger reality check than the Carlton players. Yeah. What I saw last week uh, indicated to me they can't win the flag this year. I think if they if they can win a final, they can go reasonably deep. But I, I want to see more from Carlton than what I saw last week. Yeah, one of the problems that the Blues have got is that I think, you know how certain teams set up on certain grounds to play their best footy? I think Carlton sets up to play their best footy at Marvel, not the MCG. I don't think they defend the MCG as well. I think the extra space gets to them. Well, they're going to have to if they're winning a flag. Well, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a minor venue issue oh, for yeah. them come finals time. The finals will be at the MCG. But I, but I do Personnel think... Personnel-wise, that shouldn't be an issue for them, though. No, they've got speed. But sometimes it's about how, isn't it? Yeah. A- and I think I'm really impressed with the fact that at the start of the year they were really dodgy defensively and they've gotten better. Um, but I do think that they, it might take until either later this year or the start of next year before they defend the MCG as well as they defend Marvel. So I'm tipping them to win this comfortably. I think they'll, I think they'll get at least to the second week of finals, maybe the third. Um, like you, I think they're a bit short of premiership at this stage, but um, they're going all right. Yeah, well, I'm picking them too. Collingwood versus Essendon. Collingwood $1.70. The Masters are the close one. Essendon $2.15. So really, this is, intrigues me, this game. This is the other game. Uh, I'm pick Collingwood. I think they deserve. They've won eight in a row. Uh, albeit, what, four or five of them within two goals? Quarters. We both had Essendon high up. Oh, yeah, I picked them to win a flag. Let it go, mate. I <laughs> let it go some time ago. No, no. But what's interesting, this is good. Collingwood are well... Collingwood are belting Essendon, aren't they? Well... I'm picking them to win, but I'm not convinced it's a belting. Yeah? No, nah, not convinced. But so, so you're sold? On- no, I'm not, I'm not sold. I just think they're closer to Collingwood than you think at the moment. I'm not sold on a couple of weeks of let's take the dog collar off and you can just go prancing around in the local park, <laughs> right? No lead, no collar. Off you go. That's what, they've, that's what he's done with Essendon. But once you put restraints on them and say you've got to defend this part of the granite, mate, they're no good. So that's what bothers me. At the moment, they're playing the prancing game. So let's see how they go against Collingwood. You know the other thing I want to see? Can someone play on Nick Dacos? Well, Please. Someone's going to, aren't well, they? Well, I, I love him as a footballer. I'll, not... tell you, I'll tell you who plays on Nick Dacos this week. Who? Pentel in Matt Guelphie to play on Nick, Nick Well, Dacos. have a crack, Matt, because I just I love this kid. He's the rising star and then, you know, daylight second at the moment. But I want to see how he responds to a bit of close checking. Yeah, All okay. the great players have to deal with it. There's no doubt. There's no reason why he won't. But it's time to start. He, mate, make no mistake. This, he's not getting a free run of it in finals. Yeah. 
So do it now. Get someone on him now. It's a lot harder to tag the blokes who don't go to ground, don't fumble, and don't miss targets. Mm. He's all of those. Those blokes tend to punish you anyway. I'm tipping Collingwood. I think they'll win comfortably. West Coast versus St Kilda Optus Stadium Sunday afternoon. Can the Eagles pinch a third win of the season? Well, on form, you'd say, yeah, what, they won from six St Kilda? Yep. And Paddy Ryder out. But, look, I'm I'm going to tip St Kilda. I think there's too much to play for here. On on evidence, I don't think West Coast is up to it at the moment. I mean, the numbers are really bad. By the way, before I forget, I think it's the food bank game for West Coast. Yes, it is. So if you're at the game and you see anything around the ground, have a look online, see where, how you can contribute. Very important cause. They've been into this for a long time, the Eagles. So please get involved if you see it around the ground. Absolutely. Great cause and well done, West Coast, uh, in uh, pushing that cause. All right. Um, I'm going to tip. I'm going to tip the Saints, but I do think this is going to be West Coast will want a couple more wins. So Brett Ratton came out this morning and said there's a number of players on their last chance. So he's fed up. He's had enough, and so he should after last week. So who are those? Is he talking about not in the team next week, or I, not not at the club? I, next think, year? I think he's talking about not in the team next week. I don't think he'd be firing those shots, or maybe he is. Yeah. That's a big shot to fire. Mm. Well, he's pretty fed up. Well, you would be. I mean, that first half last week was nigh on unwatchable from the Saints. It was, and it was. I just think the lack of care, yeah, really was. That was what was the most damning thing about that game: the yeah. lack of care. So we're both on the Saints, but neither of us are convinced. That's right. Hey, incidentally, before we move on, yep, uh, very quickly. This game will be at Optus Stadium. The Waffle Grand Final won't be. Yes. What are your thoughts? Um, well, obviously, that's because there's an international T20 game between Australia and England around. It's shortly after, so they need to drop the pitch in, get it ready for cricket. That's so why, why did they fixture the Waffle Grand Final for October instead of the week before the AFL Grand Final? You'd have to ask them that, Duff. So the, 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 the problem here is... Do they zig when they should have zagged? Yeah, of course. 30,000 went to the Waffle Grand Final last year. So it was a great it was great opportunity for the players. It was great for the Waffle Coffers. It was great for everyone. Um, so they're now putting it out to tender. So it could be at the Wacker. It could be at Leaderville. It could be at Frio. We don't know where it's going to be. Um, but... We're so, talking 11-12 as opposed to, if that, as opposed to 30,000. It was a good event at Fremantle. Yeah. I would say you could get 13 or 14, 15,000 at Leaderville. It's next to a train station. There's an entertainment precinct around there. There's a lot of pubs within walking distance or a short um, ride from there. Leaderville? Leaderville. I'd be voting for Leaderville. As long as the surface is okay, because the surface at Leaderville does take a bit of a hammering, I'd be voting for Leaderville. Joondalup? Just out of town, I reckon. Like, you want... The great thing about Fremantle, you know, there's stuff in and around there, isn't there? Um, and that made that a great success, and people probably spilled. I always feel a bit lost. No no offence to the good people of Joondalup and to West Perth. and every, I always feel a bit lost when I wander up that way. I love going up there. I, I think it's a great facility, great move by West Perth to get there. But I think if you look at what you can do at Leaderville, everyone comes on the train um, or they park down at... Um, at the Loftus Centre. Down at Britannia Park. Or at the Loftus Centre up above, but they're a bit of a premium, those yeah, car parks. Yeah, I'd say they could set up parking at Britannia Park. People walk down Oxford yep. Street, yep. Um, down to Leaderville Oval. Um, I reckon they'd get 15,000. I reckon it could hold 15,000. Um, there's a lot of room on the hill and on the outer, and it's a big, big ground, Leaderville. Um, so I'd vote f- I'd vote strongly for Leaderville. In fact, I would say, rather than put it out to tenure, 
contender, just say that's the best location. We're no, playing it there. Not the Wacker? Well, like you can't play at the Wacker either. Why? Well, Eastern Manor aren't even playing finals. Yeah, okay. At the Wacker. Okay. Because they're getting it ready for cricket. Those cricket curators, mate, they're hard to argue yeah, with. Yeah, fickle. Now it's time for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel mailbag. Thank you to Thirsty Camel. Thank you to Jack Daniels, old number seven whiskey and cola. We're giving away a 10-pack of those. Please keep your email short. Uh, please let us know if you're from the great state of Western Australia because we can't give you the 10-pack if you're not. But thank you to all our... Um, we can uh, tell you what it tastes like, though. We can. It's a beautiful drop. Absolutely beautiful drop. But I can't have 10. Have you, have you ever tried That's 10? irresponsible drinking, Duff, to have 10 of them. Is it? Oh, yes. And you've never done that? Oh, I don't think I've had 10 of those. <laughs> I'm not that big a spirits Should man. we get 10 and have five each? See how we play yeah, stuff? let's do that. that. All right. Let's do that. In a responsible In environment. In a responsible environment. Please, mate. Okay. Yes. Uh, that means one. my house, so you have to go home. Oh, <laughs> it's a long way between the leafy suburbs of Claremont and mine, modest abode north of the River Duff, but nevertheless. <laughs> this one from Scott Toggs from Coburn. Hi, Duff and Quarters, love the pod. With discussions of bringing in a last-touch rule for out-of-bounds, which is being trialled in the sandfall, would it look better if instead of having a change to the holding the ball rule where the boundary doesn't save you? I'm sick of seeing a player get clearly caught holding the ball and just walk over the line or fall over the line and it saves them. Say if they have prior opportunity and don't get rid of it before being tackled over the line, it gets caught holding the ball. A lot less boundary throw-ins just from that and the insufficient intent rules speeding up the game. That's a really good point and it's a really valid point. It's very hard for an umpire to call, given most of the umpires are more centrally located, it's very hard for them to call when the tackle was laid and whether the player was out of bounds. It would make a mockery of the holding the ball rules if a player was tackled over the line and pinged for holding what the ab- ball. What, what about just last touch out of bounds then? But and le- but not if it's maybe a throw-in if it's the opposition knocking the ball. So between the arcs, I think it's coming. Mm. I think it's coming. Last, not last touch, last clean possession. And uh, like in the AFLW. Why not shake it up completely and have it beyond the arcs? Uh, yeah, no. Make things interesting in a tight I grand don't, final. Yeah, I don't think you want that. <laughs> I don't think you want that. Oh, exciting. Yeah. No. Bush from Hammy Hill. Right, g'day boys. Thoughts? Oh, incidentally, the Sandfall, they're yeah. not trialling it. That, 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 that rules in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thoughts on Jeremy Sharp at Gold Coast. In and out of the side. Looks great on the wing, in my opinion. Could West Coast target him? He would surely get regular games at West Coast with his running power and be a replacement for Gaff when he goes. What would he cost draft-wise to get home? Bush from Hammy Hill. I don't think he costs a lot, but the problem, the reason why he wouldn't cost a lot is because he hasn't done much. Um, Gold Coast are not in the eight. And Jeremy Sharp has not nailed down a position in Gold Coast midfield. Now, I know that... Harder to do so this year. Yeah, but look, Will Brody didn't and has been a, an amazing success at Fremantle. But Good point. But they did have good inside mids. So in order for Will Brody to play over the last two or three years, he would have had to push Noah Anderson aside, um, Matt Rowell aside, or Took Miller aside, and sometimes David Swallow out of the way as well. So that's a pretty good field of players that he's got to get in front of. Who's rampaging on the wing for Gold Coast that's keeping Jeremy Sharp from playing AFL footy? No one really outstanding, I wouldn't have thought. So I, I, was, I, I was a bit of a fan of Jeremy Sharp's when he got drafted, and I've been a little bit underwhelmed by what he's done. So, yep, worth a look. He's quick. They need speed. He's a great runner. Um, but I, I'd have to say I've, I thought he would have done a little bit more before now. 
international um, arrivals here, Duff. This one from Steve Fett. Greetings from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Greetings to you, Steve. Never miss the podcast and watch every game available on Fox Sports here in the States. Listen to Duff and Quarters to get my day started off and would have emailed sooner but for my incredibly small hands. Good for you, Steve. Welcome to the club. I am a St Kilda supporter but have found myself drawn to the plight of North Melbourne and am a sucker for an underdog story. Is there any reasonable hope for the kangaroo in my lifetime, I'm 62. Will they ever be moved to Tasmania permanently, or is the AFL going to let them die on the vine? I love the Saints, but would become a North Melbourne member and support them anyway. I could, if there was any real hope for future success as a franchise. Can a Yank make a difference? It's a good question. Great thoughts from Steve. Um, you know what? I think the answer in Tasmania is relocation, but. Clubs don't want to go, and Tasmania doesn't want a relocation. I think, I'm, I'm, and it's taken me a while to get to this point, but I think the startup team in Tasmania, with 11 games played, assuming they build a new stadium, I think it's got financial disaster for the Tasmanian government written all over it. I think the AFL is going to ask them to put in $15 million a year. That's a lot of money for a small state government like Tasmania, they have to build schools, they have to build hospitals, they have to build roads. They can't justify $15 million on a football team. What about what it, the economic benefits it brings back, though? For $15 million? No? So this is, this is my thinking now, right? If you didn't have token games like Hawthorne and, let's face it, it's token. Of course it is. Three, well, it is for Tasmania. Three games a year. Yeah. Three games a year each. And, they, and the Tasmanian government gives them $4 million each for those games. That's a lot of money for three games, which basically means this is still very much a Melbourne team, but we'll come down there and we'll play three games. No one embraces it. Is it three or four? It, three or four. It, it might be four. Yeah, I think it might be four, yep. Well, that would work out. That, that would work out at a million dollars a game. So, okay, so let's say four. What if you said North Melbourne and St Kilda, you're going to play nine games each in Tasmania and you're going to play nine games in Melbourne and you're going to play four games somewhere else. So it's kind of like the Eddie Maguire idea but still have them travel to other states because I couldn't stand the notion that Eddie had that... Isn't that tokenism at its extreme then? No, I think that if you're getting nine games, then that's... But it's not your team. But it's as much your team as Melbourne's team. Because mm. there's it? as many games there as there is... And you're getting all the home games. But it's North Melbourne or St Kilda. It's... No, I'm saying both. And and the thing and this is what the stadium to hit debate taught me in Perth quarters. Stadiums are all about content. Now at the end of the day, this might be a Tasmanian team, but it's eleven events. Yeah, you, so you need you need every round you need every week. So my argument is if, if both St Kilda and North Melbourne play nine games each, that's eighteen events. And because they still retain a Melbourne following the Tasmanian government doesn't have to put in um, $15 million. It might put in $5 million to North Melbourne and it might put in $5 million to St Kilda. That to me, and then they and they would one would be based at Launceston and one would be based at Hobart. So there's no $750 million stadium. So therefore they save money there. So North would be based at Hobart, given their history. They'd there. play nine games in Hobart. Mm. And St, St. Kilda would be based at Launceston. At Launceston. And you'd throw Hawthorne out because Hawthorne is not a, throwing Hawthorne out. They're just no longer playing in Tasmania. Hawthorne, 
is a viable entity without Tasmania. Of course, yes. And the others aren't. Mm. St Kilda is the most heavily subsidised club in Melbourne from the AFL, and the only reason why North Melbourne isn't the most heavily subsidised club is because they have Tasmania. Interesting times coming ahead for Hawthorne with um, a bit of money invested in a new uh, headquarters at Dingley, um, which is way down past Moorabbin there. Um, Interesting that there will be no, if there's no money coming from the Tasmanian government, and also now out of gaming, which is a good thing for Hawthorne. So be interesting times ahead. So financials. I know that when I put this idea, I know that no one likes it. And I get told by everyone, every time I say it, they say, oh, that won't work. I'm just not sure if there's going to be the buy-in from Tasmania. I like the idea in what and what you're saying, 18 games, content at the stadium. Love the idea. I'm just not sure if Tasmania will buy into it. My point is that it's hard to get Launceston and Hobart together anyway. That's a problem. Yeah. But it's also, it's going to be really, really hard to make this fly, not just for the supporters of a Tasmanian club, but for the state of Tasmania... If the government is putting $15 million in a year, if that's what it takes... Sounds like a lot of money, Duff, but if you've got the economic return... And if you're building a $750 million stadium quarters for 11 events a year... Well, it's not just 11 events a year, because there'd obviously be a whole lot of other events happening there. Like what? Well, concerts, big stadium concerts, um, other sports. I would have thought the Hurricanes play there. Yeah, but you have other you have so, so it's eleven plus big music days. music events there as well. You have all sorts of events there. What you're, you're going to have to get into the thirties. So I think the figure that they were aiming for with the Perth Stadium was about thirty four a year events. How do you get from eleven to thirty four? Yeah, well, it's possible. You they are now included. How Given many con- beautiful new stadium? They are now included on any touring band. How many concerts t- do we have at Perth Stadium? Oh, I couldn't answer that. There's a few. It ain't twenty three. Think- Pro- no, that's correct. No, it's not. <laughs> there's a lot of other events there, though. There are a lot of events at that stadium. Just look at this weekend, for example. There's two EPL friendlies on this weekend. We've just had the Bledisloe Cup recently. We've just had the Origin recently. All big events. But I'm have- saying you might be a, you might be in the running for those events. No, they won't. Be because, okay, well, because our stadium is sixty thousand, yeah, and this stadium is going to be thirty. Yeah. Well, for some events, you might though. You might you might be capable of holding a friendly. You might be able to have Wallabies versus Argentina. Yeah, you won't be Wallaby yeah, exactly. You won't be Wallabies. You might have a um, won't be a Bledisloe. A Socceroos versus someone, or the Matildas versus someone. All those things are possible, but but it opens the door for events that previously it wouldn't be even be considered. It's a big climb to get from where they are. 11 home games to 34 to make a $750 million stadium justified. And then, on top of that, to put $15 million in every year. That's a big climb. I'm suggesting that sooner or later you're going to find a state government that doesn't want to make that climb. Mm. Might, not be, might not be this state government, but the next one or the one after that or the one after that, sooner or later they're going to say, no, nah, we're not doing that. And then what? You've well, got it. All good, all good arguments. I'm just saying, from a supporter's point of, from a Tasmanian supporter's point of view, there's got to be an investment in the team. I want a team in Tasmania. Yeah. But my argument is, two teams playing 18 games in Tasmania compared to eight at the mm. moment, um, and 18 is more than 11. You just have to get your head around the notion that you're sharing the team with Melbourne. That's that's my argument. Mrs. Longmuir is back. 
Uh-huh. This is Longmuir from Dianella. Hi, guys. Enjoying the pod. As yet another ruler change occurs in the AFL, and with the AFL seeking a marquee event to rival State of Origin, how about this for a spectacle? Instead of Aussie rules for one, one night only, it becomes Aussie no rules. Same players, same scoring system, but absolutely no rules. Just 18 players on each side do, doing whatever it takes to get the ball through the goals. I like it in theory. It's not going to happen in practice. I don't think Is he team. a local? Can he win? Um, that's Mrs. Longmuir from Dianella. Why not? But can she win? She win. Lydia Evans. Why not? Well, let's let's have a t- think about that in a moment. Right. Uh, but probably reminds me of that photo of the first ever AFL game. Who was it? Um, was it Melbourne v Geelong or Melbourne v Fitzroy? There were about fifty six players on the ground. Is Melbourne grammar? Oh, it's just look mayhem. It was Melbourne and Geelong. It was one goal to two point behinds or something. It was Melbourne like and Geelong? Didn't they play it over two weeks? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's bizarre. Yeah, and and the the ground was about five hundred meters long, so people learning to kick, mark, and handball, having to shift the ball five hundred meters to score. Interesting. The first game in Geelong, where Geelong used to play, people don't really it wasn't at Cadenia Park. It was a place called Corio Oval. Oval. One of those early games in the late nineteenth century was at Corio Oval. Yeah. Where Corio Oval was is now a place called Eastern Gardens, which is um, a big parkland just outside of Geelong, so interesting. Um, this one from Ben Aldridge. Now, this is more of a comment than a question, but I thought I'd read it out because it's important. Uh, Hi, boys. Thanks for taking my previous email about the choice of language when talking about injury and its effect on the community seriously. You remember this email? I've noticed the effect you have both put into both the pod and articles to reframe the discussions. Disability advocates such as myself are often ignored when trying to make change in the media and to have two prominent figures, well, Duff and then me, uh, such as yourselves making change is a massive win. Next time you're down south, I encourage you to try out my local watering hole, Peppies. At Peppy Beach Caravan Park. See, we got the plug in for you and everything. <laughs> good food, good selection, good price and great people. Ben, I wish you'd sent it last week. I've just been down in Dunsborough. I drove past Bunbury. I would have popped down and said hello. But I can tell you, Duff and I will be down there at some point and you might regret it. <laughs> uh, this one from Marie uh, from WA but doesn't say where. Hi, Duff and Quarters. Can you explain how West Coast could split split their top pick in the upcoming AFL draft to best advantage? If West Coast have to select a first-round pick this year, then could Luke Jackson be considered by the AFL as satisfying this requirement as he's only 20? And also, listen to your show every week and love it, but I think it's time you gave the Jacks number seven to a woman, just saying. Ooh. So there's a couple of strong female bidders for there the uh, Jacks number seven. All right. So, basically, because West Coast have traded out of the first round a couple of times over the last three years, they have to take a first-round pick. That means to get Luke Jackson this year, they would either have to satisfy Melbourne with a future first. If I'm Melbourne, there's no way I'm letting that happen. Or they have to split the pick. Now, every pick has a nominal point. They have to take their first pick this year, the Eagles, don't they? No, no, no. They can trade out their first pick this year? No, they have to take a first-round pick. Okay, so they can split the two and trade out one future first. Correct. Is it the future first? So they, No, they, they can they can split this year's pick into two. Yeah, but they have to use one. Trade one, use one. Yeah, 
just just before you go on, so with the future pick this year, the real question mark over the draft is the sample size we've had because of COVID. Yeah, it's even though there's some real talent out there, we're not quite sure what this crop is because there hasn't been enough sample size. They haven't been playing much footy. So next year there will be a better sample size. So isn't it a better, more of an advantage to have a future first round for next year? I think Melbourne would find it very hard to go back to their members and say, we just lost our most promising young player. Oh, and by the way, we're not getting anything this year, but we'll get a future first round. Oh, I think it would have to be more than one pick, though. There'd be, uh, there'd be something else involved. Well, my understanding is that Melbourne want three. Three first rounders. I don't think they'll get three. Really? I think they'll get two. Three first-round picks. I think they'll get two first-round picks. Can I have picks. something – can I have a bit of what they're on? Three first-round picks. Well, Geelong effectively got three first-round mm. picks for Tim Kelly. But it doesn't mean it's going to happen again. And Geelong effectively gave three first-round picks for Jeremy Cameron. Yeah, well, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again. doesn't mean it should happen again. That's too much. Of course it is. I mean, if you're a West – We don't even know if that's worth it for Jeremy Cameron yet. No, we don't. Mm. And if Geelong bombs out in the prelim again... It's not then, worth it. And then they're all a year older next year and they're further away from it. It's not worth Did it. Did Tim Kelly. Tim, in fact, we know it's not worth it. Well, exactly. West Coast had to contend. This is Tim Kelly's played well. You know, I think there's been... Some people have misunderstood our criticism of the trade with criticism of Tim Kelly. No, Tim Kelly's played well. Mm. But in order for that trade to work, West Coast had to be in contention and they're not. So therefore, it hasn't worked. Now, who knows? Maybe at the back end of his five-year deal, maybe it will work. Uh, maybe they'll be back in contention, but I'd, it's not looking like it. So, it took, mm. so and, and the other thing is, no, Luke Jackson cannot be thought of as a draft pick. So he will, he'll be thought of as a trade. He is a trade. That's exactly yeah. what he is, yeah. So, no. Well, Duff, it comes down to three. Let's make it two. Is it Lydia? Mrs. Longmuir. Mrs. Longmuir. Or is it Marie from WA who the plea was just a little bit more heartfelt in my opinion? You want Marie? I think so. Okay. Sorry, Lydia. Lydia's a regular too. But next time. Keep trying, Mrs. Keep trying, Mrs. Longmuir. Yeah, we'll get first you there. you don't succeed. So, Marie, you are our winner of the uh, prize this week. Please uh, send your address to this email. Send your mail to Duff and Quarters at wanews.com.au. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, we have been brought to you by TabTouch. Those with the touch, you can better your bet. Download TabTouch today. Please gamble responsibly. Please call Gambler's Help on one 858 858 if you encounter any difficulties. We hope we've tipped you a winner. We hope your team goes well. We'll be back on Tuesday to run the ruler over round 19, and we'll talk to you then. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at duffandquarters at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and of course, tell your mates. Thanks for listening. This has been the Duff and Quarters podcast on the game. You know who? It's unbelievable.